Ghost Biz is proudly presented by IJG. IJG, making your money work for you. Welcome back. Uh, brand new year, hopefully a brand new you as well, and that you've uh, started climbing the stairs on the way to the office. Uh, time now to turn our attention to uh, the markets, to the equities, and uh, to welcome back the finance ghost. Welcome back, ghost. Yes, thank you so much. New year, new you, same ghost, so hopefully we can learn some stuff. Listen, do ghosts take holidays, or do they just hang around getting uh, into the spirit of things? <laughs> we don't take long enough holidays, but I did at least do a road trip across a big part of South Africa, so that was pretty cool. Can't complain. Fantastic. Let's get into it. Uh, just because it's early in the year doesn't mean the companies aren't doing things and busy telling us what's going on uh, or reporting results. Let's start out with AVI. Uh, over the Christmas period, many people get into the snacks and the, the larder gets filled up with all sorts of different products. Does, the, uh, does that help them? They've, they've put out a trading update um, and reported revenue growth of 9.8%. So it would seem that that is, has been what's happened. Uh, yeah, so basically they have had a pretty good period actually in their trading update to the 31st of December. And I think that people do tend to spend on branded goods. So, you know, you've obviously got this whole private label versus brands debate playing out in your local supermarket aisle. And I think it very much depends on the product category. So what I mean by that is, you know, I don't know about you and the listeners, but certainly if I want to have something a bit naughty, which means packed with sugar, it needs to be the taste that I know and love and trust, right? My Skellum snack. So, mm. you know, if I'm going to choose biscuits, I want to know what they taste like. If I'm going to have chips, they're going to be Blue Doritos, which is a PepsiCo, actually. So, you know, some of AVI's products are very much in that space, more the sort of Snackworks division. That's where they got revenue growth of 9.8%. But it's actually not the highest growing part of the group. That went to Entice Beverages, which grew 16%. But the interesting little learning here for me is that at Entice, they couldn't actually recover all of their cost pressures through pricing increases because I think consumers are more price sensitive on drinks. There's generally alternatives. You know, you can always just wait till you get home, right? But you can't wait till you get home to have biscuits. You're not going to just sort of break those out of the uh, out of the oven. So... What ends up happening is the snacking business can actually protect its margins through increasing prices. Other parts of the business, like beverages, they have to do some clever stuff in their manufacturing. They have to drive volumes to get economies of scale. But I think where AVI has a really good reputation is they do a lot with a little. So they've always kind of had this reputation of having a great management team. And, you know, even though they operate in a country with low growth and consumer pressures and everything else, they managed to turn it into quite good results. And they did that as well this time around. They managed to grow headline earnings per share by between 16 and 18%, which I think is really impressive. And that is with a tough result in I&J, where revenue growth uh, was actually, you know, not great at all. Fish sales volumes fell 17.1%. They had poor catch rates, they had issues at the Cape Town port, they had a taxi strike in the Western Cape. So, you know, INJ is causing them some strain. Fishing is not easy, either recreationally or otherwise, but uh, AVI managed to pull through. Another thing that happens over December is people uh, tend to utilize their vehicles differently to how they do for the rest of the year. Uh, and uh, sometimes they leave them at home and take one car on holiday, and then they've got to make sure that when they come home, that car is still there. Uh, a company called Karoo, and I'm not sure what the correct pronunciation of it is, because it does have five O's in it. So perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about Karoo, who are the owners of CarTrack. 
Yeah, I mean, apparently there is a good explanation for the name, but maybe it's for that long stretch of road when you're a bit cut full of the crew and it's just carrying on and on and on, <laughs> and it's got five O's in it. I count them every time I write about it. So it's Carew with all of those. But the point is their own car track, which is a much easier and more sensible name, and I think a business that we all know. And the cool thing with car track, it's very much about recurring revenue, right? They sign up someone, they put the telematics device in your car, and you pay them every month. And they kind of know that cash flow is coming. And often they only lose a customer when that person actually sells the car. So it becomes a hack, right? You get a car, you put the tracker in, your insurance is related to that. If you're going to change from that, it's work. So what ends up happening is they hand on to a customer until you know that car is sold or whatever the case may be. So it's a very good business. I am a shareholder in Carew. Thankfully, I bought it before they went and did the whole NASDAQ listing uh, because the share price has been quite sideways for a while now. They're kind of struggling to break out of this traded range. And the problem is that a lot of growth has been priced in. So they almost have to catch up to the valuation. And they are doing it. Their subscribers in CarTrack grew 14% year on year in the third quarter. I think what's not so great is that their rate of growth has slowed. So the actual number of net new subscribers in this quarter was not as high as the comparable quarter. But it's still growing strongly. Total revenue was up 16% as reported or 14% if you sort of just take out the currency effect. And CarTrack is now growing in every single region in which it operates. And I think what's also quite nice is cash generated from operations was up 55%. Now, they haven't always had a great time with cash from operations because they spend quite a lot of money or they invest quite a lot of money in those telematics devices. And that can chew up quite a lot of working capital. So to see cash generated from operations go up by that amount is very nice. Uh, they have kind of strayed from their core business a couple of times, once successfully and once horribly. So I'll start with the horrible one, which is a business called Kazuka. So I've joked many times that it's time to take a bazooka to Kazuka, and eventually they agreed that this is what they should be doing because they are getting out of it. It's just a used car dealership, and there's really no logical reason why, that, why they should play around with trying to enter the used car market. They lost 15 million rand in the comparable quarter. They lost 28 million rand this quarter. So they really wasted quite a lot of shareholder money on Kazuka. And they try and tell a story that they created some technology and platform type stuff there that will help the rest of the business. Look, I just think it was a mistake. And uh, I will give them credit that at least they are you know, cutting their losses now. They're closing it down and they're moving on. Uh, they've got another business called Karoo Logistics. Much better story there. It's actually profitable. It's still very small. They're sort of playing in the package market for want of a better description. Uh, and, you know, we'll see what happens there. But that makes a bit more sense to me because at least it uses that sort of telematics flavor. As for why they ever went into used car sales, I genuinely don't know. Another thing that happens over December is uh, people look around their homes and say, uh, put off fixing these things for long enough. Uh, time for some DIY and, of course, uh, an opportunity with bonuses and what have you to also perhaps do some upgrades. Uh, and a company that's uh, generally exposed to that sort of behavior is Cash Build. But it would seem that uh, this year um, there was more biscuit eating than um, than wall fixing. Cash Build's <laughs> revenue not exactly uh, climbing at a, at a high rate. Yes, 100%. I'm just laughing because that's a great way to put it. There was more biscuit eating than wall fixing. That's right. And uh, unfortunately, Cash Build's numbers do show us that. So. I think the problem here, bluntly, is that actually at this point in time where South Africans, specifically that's cash build's primary exposure, right, where South Africans are sitting with a bit of extra cash and they are happy to spend it on their houses, I think they're putting in solar at this point in time because of ESCOM. I don't think they're adding on that extra bedroom. You know, you've got to have pretty serious consumer confidence for that kind of behavior. And consumer confidence is not something we have a lot of right now. So, They've released their second quarter sales update. It was better than the first quarter, which was pretty much flat. So second quarter, they managed 5% growth in revenue. 
you know, so for the first six months of the year, the combination is growth of just 2%. So it's very, very light on growth. Uh, their volumes are slightly down. It's just tough out there. It's really tough for cash build. There's only so much in the, there's only so much they can do in truth. You know, you can't force people to spend money on something. And this thing requires consumer confidence that just isn't there. And then just lastly, uh, of course, the other favorite uh, December activity is uh, catching up on all all the TV shows you missed through the year because you work so hard and uh, you had a bit of news on Netflix. Yes, absolutely. It's nice to bring some international stuff into this as well. So you know, everyone knows Netflix. It's a, it is a great company. I, I think I've been skeptical at times about whether or not they would really get to profits, you know, sustainable profits. But I think they are winning the war now. They had 12% revenue growth in 2023. Their operating margin increased from 18% to 21%. But I will make a comment on that is I've always been skeptical of their operating margin because it depends on how quickly they basically depreciate or amortize is the right term, the content. So, you know, they amortize their content very slowly. Now, I don't know about you in terms of how you use Netflix or whatever, but it's not that often that you kind of go in and find something that's five years old now and watch it again. So I think that the content dies a lot quicker than they think that they think it does. But of course, they have the data. So, you know, fair enough. What really matters is cash flow. And uh, they used to be very erratic on free cash flow, but that seems to be behind them now. They've achieved free cash flow in each quarter this past year. And I think the exciting thing for Netflix is they are now broadening the offering. And of course, that means live sport. That's what it has to mean. They've clearly looked at how well they've done with the sports documentaries. In Formula One, I'm watching the golf one at the moment and loving it. I know there's one on the tennis. There's one on the Six Nations rugby about to launch. I think a lot of us will watch that. And any kind of live sport they can bring to the platform, I think they'll do very well with. They're going to start with WWE Raw just because they could actually get the deal in place. But you can be sure that they're going to be open to all these opportunities now. And that's going to make life a little bit more difficult for the likes of multi-choice as time goes on. You know, those exclusive regional rights are going to become more and more expensive because Netflix is knocking at the door seeing if they can't stream it to what is now, I think, 260 million subscribers. So this is now the inflection point in my mind for Netflix. If they can start to get live sport right, then it's very hard to see how any of their competitors will actually catch up. Exciting times ahead. Guys, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. Uh, great to chat to you. And uh, we look forward to uh, an exciting year with lots of updates. And you'll keep us uh, in the mix there. Thank you so much. Ciao. Ghost Biz was proudly presented by IJG. IJG, making your money work for you. Visit IJG.net for more information.